0: This is Under Pressure, a medical podcast. Join us with our host, Glenn Clark, as we dive deeper into various wound care, vascular and hyperbaric medicine treatments and conditions. Each episode features a different medical professional providing a multidisciplinary approach on ways to properly heal.
1: Welcome to Under Pressure, a medical podcast. I'm Glenn Clark and our guest today is Dr. Thomas Gilbert. Dr. Thomas Gilbert is one of three medical directors for MVS wound care and hyperbarics. He is a veteran of the Navy and completed his residency in emergency medicine at the Naval Medical Center in San Diego, California. Dr. Gilbert is board certified in hyperbaric medicine and emergency medicine and has extensive experience in delivery of hyperbaric oxygen therapy or HBOT and advanced wound care. Prior to his work with MVS Wound Care and hyperbarics, Dr. Gilbert was instrumental in starting the hyperbaric program at Meritus Health in Hagerstown, Maryland. Dr. Gilbert, thank you for being here.
0: Thank you. You, pleasure being here. Well,
1: it's great to see you. I've got plenty of things I want to know about because I'm only pretending to understand these things. When I read them from the sheet, I'm lying. I don't understand them (laughs) at all. That's why you're here is to inform me more. Let me start with this. We're hearing more and more about hyperbaric oxygen therapy through the news. What exactly is hyperbaric oxygen therapy, and how can it heal patients?
0: Hyperbaric oxygen therapy is an oxygen therapy that you receive under pressure, anywhere from 1.5 to 3 atmospheres of pressure, or even deeper for divers who may suffer an injury or a um, an event while underwater. Uh, we use hyperbaric oxygen therapy to treat numerous conditions, and, uh, such as diabetic foot ulcers, chronic osteomyelitis or chronic bone infections, radiation injury to the soft tissues, uh carbon monoxide poisoning, cyanide poisoning, etc. There's numerous things we use it for. Uh it's it works by placing a patient in a placing the patient in a hyperbaric chamber and then pressurizing that chamber with oxygen. Uh so for an example, you and I in this room, the oxygen content in our blood is 100 millimeters of mercury. Okay. Inside a hyperbaric chamber, when we pressurize that chamber with oxygen at a treatment death of anywhere between 1.5 to 3 atmospheres of pressure, the oxygen content in your blood will increase from 1,500 to somewhere around 2,200 millimeters wow. of mercury. Therefore, every tissue in your body is saturated with oxygen. That causes the release of certain cell lines like... Uh, growth factors that are needed for wound healing. He causes the release of what we call VEGF, or vascular endothelial growth factor, which leads to development of new blood vessels in the areas of wounded tissue or wounds. The wounds are hypoxic, therefore they have little oxygen in the area of the wound. So by putting you in a hyperbaric oxygen chamber, we increase the oxygen in the tissues and therefore hope to be able to help heal that tissue. Uh, you get release of fibroblasts or, sh- or collagen uh, for uh, healing wounds, you get release of what we call osteoclasts and osteoblasts, which are bone-forming uh, cells. You get release of stem cells. So there's a lot of positive um, contributions from receiving hyperbaric oxygen therapy under pressure. And oxygen works as a drug in that in that situation when it's given under pressure. Can,
1: can, it, when you say it, it works as a drug, can you explain that a little bit more for sure. me?
0: Living on Earth here, we live at one atmosphere of pressure, and yep. so the, um, that's 21% oxygen in the air, and that's what we breathe, and that gives us 100 millimeters of mercury for our blood, uh, PaO2, as we refer to it, p- uh, partial arterial pressure gas in our system. And basically, by we by pressurizing that oxygen, it becomes a drug, and there are side effects to that pressurized oxygen. Uh, because it is now a drug. Um, as the, and I can overdose you on oxygen just as well as I could overdose you on Tylenol or Motrin when oxygen is administered to you under pressure.
1: This is why it has to happen in the conditions in which you present it in a hyperbaric chamber instead of right. someone just attempting to you know, y- use this type of oxygen on their own.
0: Right, exactly. I mean, this is under a controlled um, um, situation where we have certified hyperbaric nurses or technicians as well as a certified hyperbaric physician in the, in the room at all times to care for the patient if something uh, something adverse would occur, the chances of those are very small, and the the benefits are huge when it comes to delivering this oxygen under pressure because the patients certainly are able to uh, get uh, nice wound healing. Uh, with the with other adjuvant therapies such as debridement of the wounds, antibiotic therapy, etc.
1: So, on average, what conditions are your most common patients seen for? And are there levels at which these patients would or wouldn't need to be put in the chamber?
0: Certainly, there there are guidelines on what patients can go in a chamber. There's guidelines by. Centers for Medicare Medicare Services, as far as diabetic foot ulcers, as to whether they can go in the chamber or not, they have to be a certain grade. They have to be present for a certain period of time. Um, they ha- they've had to been uh, receiving con- conservative therapy and are not improving. So those kind of uh, circumstances arise with that condition. As far as other conditions, uh, as far as like uh, chronic bone infections, they have to be on antibiotics for anywhere from 30 days to six weeks before they qualify to get into hyperbarics. So there are certain um, conditions, and that's more governmental-based. Not that it wouldn't help the patient sooner if we did it sooner. I think it would. Um, But uh, there are certain conditions we have to follow. Uh, the diabetic foot ulcers have to be what we refer to as a Wagner grade 3 or higher. That's a classification. Uh, if they're a Wagner 2, they don't qualify and uh, those we treat conservatively with wound care. If they become worse, then we may go ahead and treat them in hyperbarics after that. Okay.
1: So you st- but you don't start there is what you're saying. Correct. Yeah.
0: yeah we, um, it's very rare that we start immediately with hyperbarics. There are certain conditions that we would like a necrotizing infection, um, carbon monoxide poisoning—sure, those things will get treated immediately. Um, Gas gangrene would get treated immediately. That's a necrotizing infection, essentially.
1: So, what are the indications that a patient needs to be put in the hyperbaric oxygen chamber?
0: If they fail standard wound care, um, th- we should start evaluating them for hyperbaric oxygen therapy. Okay. If they have a, a diabetic foot ulcer or any uh, lower extremity wound, we should really look at their vascular status and make sure the oxygen's going to work. If you don't have good blood flow to the wound or to the tissues, you can give all the oxygen in the world. It's not going to help you unless we can make sure we have good blood flow to the area.
1: So, again, and I apologize, doctor, because I am learning as we have these conversations. Um, You know, can you tell immediately when you see a patient – this is a patient that's going to end up needing to be in a hyperbaric oxygen. Do you
0: have that type of
1: feeling, or is it as tr- I,
0: For myself, I would say I have a pretty good gestalt for it. Sure. I, I can examine a patient look at a patient and say, this patient's going to wind up in hyperbarics. So is going to need hyperbarics to heal their wound, to assist in healing their wound. I,
1: I can certainly understand that. So as far as providing treatment for patients who have conditions that are specifically FDA-approved, Mm -hmm. What are some of those conditions?
0: Your diabetic foot ulcers, carbon monoxide poisoning, necrotizing wound infections, or um, soft tissue radiation injuries, if I hadn't said that already, um, bone infections, uh, osteomyelitis, soft tissue injuries uh, that are necrotizing, there's like 14 different conditions. Uh, acute, um, what we refer to as uh, acute uh, retinal artery occlusion. That's okay. That's the artery of the eye um, that um, can sometimes become blocked with um, clot or whatever. Okay. And if they get in hyperbarics immediately, they, those are the patients that should start that day. Really? Um, patients with sudden uh, neurosensory hearing loss. Uh, where they get up one morning and they can't hear out of their ear, and they get diagnosed with sudden sensorineural no hearing loss, those patients should start that day after seeing ENT and getting steroids.
1: We are talking with Dr. Thomas Gilbert here on Under Pressure, a medical podcast. Doctor, on average, how many dives in the chamber does a patient need in order to normally be able to heal a wound?
0: Generally, uh, when I start with my patients going into the hyperbaric chamber, I write for 20 treatments initially. Okay. And over and what kind of period of time is that's, that? That's uh, for a month, Okay, basically. They get treated every day, five days a week. And so after one month, they have received 20 treatments. They get reevaluated every week for their wound. And if their wound's making progress, then we will add additional treatments to them. So they'll get another block of 10 treatments if they continue to make progress we'll give them another block of 10 treatments so a total of 40 treatments okay. for like a diabetic foot ulcer now other treatments can go even longer for 60 treatments things that we do 60 treatments on on our chronic bone infections soft tissue radiation injury um to any uh tissue in the body the bowel the bladder facial area um For dental injury, patients get uh, radiation, and that's another thing we treat is um, radiation to uh, injuries to the mandible or jaw from prior radiation therapy for a tumor of the uh, head and neck. And basically, those patients uh, are at risk for dental injury if they have their teeth pulled. So we will treat them with hyperbarics, okay, in order as a preventive measure. We're not really treating a condition; we're treating the injury from the radiation tissue in order to prevent dental trauma when they have dental uh, surgery. What do you, you know,
1: again, in some of the more typical um, forms of this, some of the more typical conditions, mm-hmm. what is it that you're looking for to see the response to the, the treatment, the therapy?
0: What I'm looking for is I'm looking for a wound that's uh, improving. It's yeah. getting smaller in size. It's uh, filling in in death. It's less death to the wound. There's more granular tissue in the wound or neoepithelium or new tissue in the wound. Uh, so that wound's turning around. It's making progress. So I want to see a nice beefy red wound that I can continue to treat and that even maybe put a graft on or something like that um, while they're still getting their hyperbarics or get them surgical intervention while they're getting hyperbarics and then bring them back after their surgical intervention. To, help heal their surgical wound okay
1: all right now i'm going to put you in the hot seat dr gilbert i want to know about you all right mm-hmm. i want to know and we ask this of everybody that joins us on the show what's something that you learned going back to medical school that you still do or follow or believe or carry with you to this day as you continue
0: your practice well i i was taught in medical school and i'm a do i'm a doctor of osteopathic medicine and i was taught that I don't look at one thing. I look at the entire person. Okay. So every person I see, I don't look right straight at their foot wound. That may be the last thing I look at. Hmm. I have a discussion with them about their medical history, their surgical history, their social history, who they live with, do they have pets, what, the, what kind of travel history they have. I look at all those things when I talk to my patients, and then I examine them from head to toe. Um, on my first visit, and then I concentrate on their wound or, and how their wounds doing. But I want to know what their lungs sound like, what their heart sounds like. Do they have any other uh, comorbidities that I should be aware of? You know, so I I tend to treat the whole person, and I I still do that today, even in hyperbarics. If one of my patients come in just for a hyperbaric treatment, they tell me, "Well, I was up last night with nausea and vomiting." I'll examine their belly. I'll make sure they're okay. Okay. You know, before I put them right back, then I'll, I'll treat them. I'll say, do you need some Zofran for your nausea and vomiting? You know, or do you need this? Or they come in and tell me I can't get a hold of my primary care doctor, and I'm coughing up this yellow stuff all day. Okay, well you probably got some bronchitis. I'll listen to their lungs. Their lungs are clear. They don't have a fever. I'll treat them for the bronchitis at the same time. So I treat the whole patient. You know, that's my that's my philosophy. That's what I learned in medical school. And that's what I continue to do today.
1: How, how does that help specifically with wound care, right? That being mm-hmm. being in tune with everything that's going on? Can that translate to better wound care? Oh, most definitely.
0: If a patient has other things going on, or if they're ill, or they got pneumonia, well, their immune system's down. And so if you take care of those things, you can be able to get better uh, results with your wound. Uh, in addition, you know, if a patient comes in, they look malnourished and they don't have a lot of protein, well, their protein, they, they're not going to heal their wound well. So they may be slightly malnourished. They may have a poor diet. And I say, okay, um, I'm going to draw a blood test on you and see what your pre-albumin is. And if it's low, I'm going to encourage protein or supplement protein on them. Uh,
1: that's important. It's mm-hmm. a, it, You know, it's important to be in tune with everything that's going on. That's, right? a, that's powerful stuff. Dr. Gilbert, is there anything that we haven't covered here in relation to hyperbaric therapy that's, that's important that you think people should know about what it is that you do or, or, or something that they should know if, if maybe they're dealing with something where they wonder if they might be someone who should be considering? It's yes,
0: I think uh, any patient with a chronic wound who is becoming frustrated with their wound and they don't seem to be making progress should look at the options there, what other options are available to them. You know, have they had a, uh, a good workup for their wound? Are they being treated by, uh, you know, a family physician who uh, probably does a very excellent job, however, doesn't have the advanced wound care supplies that we have? Uh, and so, you know, so they, maybe they want to come talk with us and see what we can do for their wound because we can offer advanced wound care products for their wound collagens and alginates and things of that nature skin substitutes and if it's a diabetic wound or is there bone infection involved we can offer them hyperbaric oxygen therapy
1: so it makes sense to have that conversation right and, and find out what the best path is forward
0: exactly you know, i mean uh you know i've seen a lot of patients uh who've had wounds for years and then they come and see us and we heal them wow and it's uh you know, I have patients who don't want to go out on the beach because they've got these wounds on their legs. Sure. You know? But then, you know, you heal their wounds and they're ecstatic. You know, they're, they're the happiest people around. Mm, you don't want to be missing out on that time right. with
1: your family, time. Right. And the weather's getting nice. Yeah. You don't want to end up not having to be out on the beach. Right. Let's know? get that taken care yeah. of.
0: And there's uh, patients who just need simple education. You know, I mean, a lot of diabetics don't examine their feet and they need to examine their feet every day.
1: That's important.
0: Oh, it's mm-hmm. so important, right? You, you know to take care of the blood sugar, but you don't think about the fact
1: mm-hmm. that you need to be watching your feet yeah, as well. especially
0: if they're insensate. You know, they don't feel anything on their feet. You know, they walk across hot sand or hot uh, sidewalks, and they get burns on the bottom of their feet. Oh. Next thing you know, they're in trouble.
1: Oh, that's such a great point, Dr. Gilbert, such a great point. Dr. Gilbert, fascinating stuff, my friend. Thank, Thank you, you so much for sharing it with us. If you all still want to learn more about what we've discussed here with Dr. Thomas Gilbert, we'd encourage you to go to mvswoundcare.com. That's mvswoundcare.com. For Dr. Thomas Gilbert, I am Glenn Clark. This has been Under Pressure, a medical podcast. The information stated on the podcast is for educational purposes only and does not substitute for professional medical advice. We strongly recommend consulting a medical professional or healthcare provider if you are seeking medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment.